With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to After Extra Time, independent footballing podcast discussing the English Premier League and the English Football League. I am Alex, one of the co-hosts, and joining me today is the other half of this dynamic duo in the heart of the podcast, Mr Adam Greeny-Green. Hello, sir. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm very well. Thanks very much. Yeah. How have you been? Good, mate. I'm a bit knackered. I've just finished a training session, so oh, if, I, right. if, I, if I'm a bit out of breath... <laughs> <laughs> not 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 excited about the the football's back on. Oh, beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, no. So, um, just quickly, how have you made of it? Um, I mean, yeah, the first I, I was dead excited to see, it, dead excited to see it on. Um, I mean, is it? Do, would you want to watch that every week? You know, it's difficult without fans. I know. Um, yeah. I just can't wait for the fans to get back in the stadiums and make it a proper game. Have you tried listening to the um, Sky Sports coverage with the uh, atmospheric sounds that they've done? I have, yeah. Unfortunately, it's not for what me. Do you think? Uh, no, I, I, we got through the first game, uh, the the Villa Sheffield United game, and it, it lost its sort of appeal about twenty minutes into the Man City Arsenal game. And we've actually preferred it without the the sounds, just the natural atmosphere there. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree on that. I mean, like again, same as you, I listened to it for a good 20, 25, and I thought, I just can't grasp this. The, the fans were cheering when it was nowhere near the goal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, was, um... I, I don't know how much it was to believe, but I heard um, that it basically it was from FIFA, these sound effects. Yes, that's what I've heard as well. And it was a sort of, you could see they hadn't really sort of planned anything because when uh, in the first game, the Villa game, mm. Uh, Keenan Davis is it the, the striker? Yeah, had a header that was about ten yards wide, going nowhere near the goal, and then the balls hit the advertising hoard, and then all of a sudden you've hit the oohs and the ahs of the crowd. <laughs> you've not really run this through. Yet, I mean, I must admit, I did. I did watch uh, Cardiff City with the sound on, and that was quite impressive. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they've tweaked it, but it was actually sounds right, okay. from the ground. 
and it was them uh, yeah, well, I the think, fans. I think what they've done, a lot of the championship clubs have added the fan noises in the PA system. Mm. Um, I know when I watched the highlights of the, the Mill game, uh, Matt Smith scored after about, uh, about 15 minutes. Yeah. And you could hear the, the atmosphere of the fans cheering the goal as we normally do. Yeah. So I think some clubs have added that into the stadium itself to sort of give it that little bit more realism. But as you say, you can't take the you, you can't take um, the fans out of it without killing the atmosphere, which I think, unfortunately, is, is is what has happened. But there's not a lot that we can do about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm so, with on that. I think hopefully when we get. Um, better news from the government, we'll be able to go back and, and start watching the games properly. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, now we've spoke about that, I mean, um, going on from last week, obviously for the listeners out there, um, I'd love to start saying massive thanks to everyone who did tune in um, and for the response we've had. I mean... Yeah, we've got, we've I mean, actually got an email. That's great. I, I was amazed great. by this. We, we got an email um, on Tuesday, after the, uh, the day after the podcast came out. Um, I'd like to uh, give a massive thanks to Harry, who's a Middlesbrough fan. Cheers, uh, Harry. We won't want that mentioned on air because of the result this weekend, but we'll see. Um, uh, he's just saying, you know, it's uh, it's a good podcast. It's the sort of thing he's looking at. It's the, the debate shows like they do on Sky. Um, he's passed it on to his friends and family, which is great to hear. Um, what he has done is... is um, Yeah, what he had said was uh, the football was good. Uh, he's obviously mentioned the, the situation with the VAR at the Sheffield United game, which yeah. we'll come on uh, to in a little bit. And obviously he talks about David Luiz again, which is something we'll come on to in a little bit. Um, for those of you that are interested in getting in contact with us, we, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what sort of teams you support, what sort of level of football you're into. Um, even some of those from outside of Europe, if we could, that'd be great. Um, the email address to send that to the time, which is uh, extra xtra twenty twenty at gmail dot com. That's after extra time twenty twenty at gmail dot com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Greeny from Facebook, I believe. Now. That is correct. Is that it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we've got some things on that as well. After extra time again is the, uh, the, the line for that. And we're also uh, on Spotify, um, Google Podcasts. Any others that you can think to mention? Um, we're on Pocket Casts. We're also on uh, Breaker, Anchor. So we're on a fair few um, podcasting sites. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as I say, it'd be, lo- it'd be lovely to hear from you, especially see what you think about how the football's gone on as well. Uh, and we hope to hear from you soon. Yeah. So, um, first sort of real topic we'll discuss uh, has to be the uh, the Villa Sheffield United game. Purely mm. for the fact that within forty minutes of the football returning, we already had a massive controversial point. Yeah. I take it you saw the game. I did. I did. Yeah. What do you think? Um, if I was Sheffield United manager, mate, I'd be I'd be so aggrieved with that. I mean, yeah. it was clear day one it, that it went over the line. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously, yes, the referee's pointed to his watch and, uh, yeah, the, obviously, goal-line technology hasn't worked on that day, which is a bit poor, really. Mate, um, did, did you hear what the, they said had happened? No, I mean, if you'd like to explain, mate, I'm, yeah. Yeah, so what happened with Hawkeye, uh, the technology or the company that created the goal-line technology, mm. um, 
claimed that because um, there was a sort of view infringement down the line between the goalkeeper and the post, they couldn't actually get the technology to work. Well, right. Um, which sort of you can understand because it is a freak act, it is a freak, freak incident with regards to the goal itself. Um, the, the the problem that I had with the whole farcical side of it was how Stockley Park didn't pick it up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I thought the same. You you listen to the the, the punditry after the game, and they were saying that the, the because Neyland had the ball, mm. it was still the same passage of play. Oh, right. So Stockley Park had every right to go back and call it. Yeah. So you have to wonder what they were doing to not be able to see that. I mean, uh, how many times though has VAR stepped in when they should have done it? I haven't seen it much. Yeah. Um, uh, are they scared to over- they, are they scared to um, overdo the referee? I don't know. I think uh, I don't know about you, but I felt that at the World Cup it worked really, really well. Mm. The the referees used the technology to hand. They used the screen. They were able to review the, the information, and it worked. And I was quite happy for VAR to get involved in the Premier League. Yeah. Obviously, for, for whatever reason, it can't be involved in the leagues from the Championship uh, down to League Two, mm. um, which is frustrating. But I can understand if it's to do with financial backing or the stadiums or, or however it works. I can understand why they've not done it. Yeah. But the way the FA have implemented VAR, I feel they've not done it properly. Yeah. I think only yeah. only one incident I can recall from earlier in the year where Oliver Michael Oliver actually went to the TV screen and assessed the information was then able to successfully overturn the decision. Yet we've seen none of the other Premier League referees do that. No. And I think until until the the referees association actually start saying they need to look at the footage. Mm. I don't think oh. VAR is going to be as successful as it is in, say, Germany or in Italy or, or as it showed in the World Cup. Yeah, I think England are a bit far behind with the VAR compared to other countries, I, aren't I they? I think they are. I know it's the first season that it's involved um, and you're going to have issues, to so to speak, mm. but I do feel that they should have been able to focus on what other countries had done mm. for the last couple of years before bringing it into, into the, the Premier League and having the issues there are. Because there has been quite a few complaints with VAR this season. How, how do you find VAR? Do you, do you like it? I'm, I'm not a VAR person, mate, to be honest with you. I mean, no? I'm old school. I mean, look at the championship. You get mistakes, but it's, it adds to the game, doesn't it? I mean, without, without yeah. the uh, mistakes and the controversy, we wouldn't have a podcast <laughs> and we wouldn't have no talking no. points. You know, so bring it, strip it back down and play it how football's always been played. Let the ref be in charge with his two officials on the sides. Yeah, I mean, do you do you think I mean, that it's? Uh, do you think that the, the referees need better education before they they go out onto the pitch? I think so. I think, I think you've got to deal with these sort of things. Yeah, I do feel do so. I think that uh, you've just got to be a, the referee's got to be a leader. Whoever's running that game is it, the man in the middle. Is is the leader on the pitch in regards to refereeing? Yeah. I mean. Villa fans must be over the moon with that result. I mean, it's a point what they shouldn't have got. And I mean, no. my argument is as well, surely that linesman on that side could have seen that ball cross that line. Yeah. 
you would have thought so, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, it was obvious. Then, I think from what I've heard, I think they said that he his his view was impaired by the the commotion in the penalty area, which mm-hmm. you can understand. Yeah. Um, but then again, it goes back to that question of why Stockley Park didn't get involved when mm-hmm. Leland threw the ball off. Well, they had every opportunity to be able to. I mean, are these people in Stockley Park? I know obviously the the proper officials, but how are you, are they in the refereeing industry? Are they Premier League referees doing that at Stockley, or I, is it? I don't think it should make a difference. Mm. Personally, if your job is to view uh, the matches, and if there's any sort of situation that you think the referee has missed, missed, you should be able to get him. Uh, I'm, I'm down, get him on the headset and say, look, you've missed something here. You need to go back and review it. Mm. It's a possible red card, it's a possible penalty, or it's a possible disallowed goal. Yeah. Regardless yeah. Of, of who it is or how experienced they are, it's there to help the referee get the right decision at the end of the day. And if Mike Riley or whoever's in charge has mm. told them to overrule those from Stockley Park because they're not experienced enough or they don't know how the situation of the game or how the game's gone, mm-hmm. then what's the point of them doing it in the first place? Well, yeah, yeah, totally get that. You know, I, I, I can understand Pan's point of view of not wanting VAR. Mm-hmm. I would like to see VAR, VAR used better. Mm. But, uh, yeah, you know, you, you don't know. You don't know if it's going to take another season or if they're going to look at amending how they do things. But I think things need to be addressed. I mean, do you feel the reason yeah. why it never got addressed in the uh, VAR room is because of the goal line technology? Do you reckon the VAR people thought, well, his watch hasn't gone off, it, it must have not crossed the line? Do you reckon that's why they never intervened? You've got, you've got the cameras to be able to see the footage. Yeah. If, if Sky can pick it up mm. and they've got cameras all around the ground, surely Stockley Park would be able to use those cameras as well to be able to see the incident. Yeah, I mean, my argument is as well, it's clear and obvious. That's what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be clear and obvious. Well, to me, mate, sitting at home, watching it on the telly, it was clear and obvious. Mm. So, yeah, I just feel Villa fans, you'd be happy with that point because you shouldn't have had it. I mean, by all means, get in touch. Let us know your thoughts with a Villa fan or a Sheffield yeah, United fan. But I'll stick right, to you guys. Anyone in general, how do they think VAR's done? Are you a, a fan of it? Are you a of it? Yeah. How do you... Want it to be used. I mean, do you feel um, that point Villa have picked up now could be crucial at the end of the season? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I, I think, mm. I, I think with Brighton's result against Arsenal on Saturday, yeah, I, I think that's not really helped them at all. I think it's now come down to what could West Ham, Bournemouth, and Villa. Yeah, I mean, what... Norwich. I, I, I have to say, I think Norwich is down. Yeah. I think with the way they played against Southampton, um, I, I think they are down. I think Southampton played really well in that game, mm. uh, very lively. Um, but Bournemouth looked poor against Palace. Uh, West Ham looked poor against Wolves. Villa, you know, they sort of almost did a snatch and grab job against Chelsea, but Chelsea managed to convert the chances that they had mm. um, in the second half to sort of. I felt Chelsea ran the game. Uh, from start to finish, so a, a, a win would have been definitely against the run of play for Villa. Yeah. Um, Watford, Leicester, I, I, yeah, I don't know about that one. Yeah. It, it, it looked quite an even game from what I saw. Um, 
I mean, if, if you get two goals in the last three minutes, I think it says itself. To be fair, mate, I watched the game and, and as, a, as a Foxes fan, I wasn't impressed. Yeah, great, great finish. I mean, def- defensively, it was poor all game. I mean, going forward, it was good. Okay. Um, I mean, from my point of view, like I said, as a Foxes fan, you'd think Watford were in the top four unless there was fighting the relegation spot in that game. Um, right, okay. Without Casper there that day, mate, we could have been three or four goals down. Yeah, he did. He did pull off some good saves. Mm. Uh, and then, if you want to go in Watford. the Champions League, um, surely you score in the 90th minute. Surely you. You shut shop and see it out. Yeah, um, it can be difficult though. You've seen it time and time again that teams will score a late goal mm. and then it's straight from the kickoff and they'll get an equaliser. And I think that was pretty much what what we did. Yeah, I mean, from a corner ball, letting a centre off do a bicycle kick, <laughs> it's a bit. Um, yeah. That's what got me a bit. I'm thinking you're letting a centre off do a bicycle kick and just put it in the back of the net. You know. Do you think that is purely down to the fact that they've not played for three months? Uh, I think part of it is, I mean, some of the Leicester players yeah, look the, the same could be said for Christensen against Villa. Yeah. When Villa got their yeah. goal, had he been, I don't know, a bit sharper, mm. he probably would have put more pressure on Howes. I'm not saying that Howes wouldn't have taken the chance if it was given again after they'd been match fit. But you do wonder if, things might have been different had that sharpness been in there. Yeah, I totally so agree. I think, you know, I, I think there may be occasions in the next sort of few games, as, as we said last week, that the match sharpness will probably impact games. Mm. Um, I know from looking at a lot of the games that I've seen this week, teams have started off quite sluggishly. Um, they've not sort of really got into the, into the sort of tempo. And that, again, could be down to the fact that either there's no atmosphere, so you can't go off the, the crowd and the, the motivation they give you, or it could just be the fact that, you know, they've not played for three months. I think you're totally right there, mate. I mean, I've, I've, from the games I've watched, I think you've hit it on the head. I mean, it proved that with players, like you said, with Christian Sun. I mean, um, there's even a great example with Maguire at United when he got done out by Bergwin. Uh, mm. I mean, uh, he would just run straight past him. About care in the world, yeah. So I mean, that's the world's expensive defender, of eighty mil defender getting done out like that. But I reckon you're right. I reckon yeah. it boils down to he's had that much time off. How you know he ain't going to be at the same level was was it what he was back before the lockdown? Yeah. So I think it will take a couple of games for every player to settle in, find their feet again. Yeah. And we could see a difference uh, in players. I think. No, well, you, you hope so, but obviously there's games coming thick and fast, so they've they sort of got to get up to speed relatively quickly, haven't they? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was that was the first game on Wednesday. The second game was Man City Arsenal or the um, David Luiz escapade. What, <laughs> what did you make of that game? Yeah, I mean, I had I hopes for Arsenal at the start of the game. You know, I thought, right, okay, uh, with Arteta in charge, he might, you know, match tactics with Guardiola, but. I think, like you said, Luis uh, cost them the game, didn't he? I mean, yeah. I think I think it was a bit harsh that they they lost Mari and Jacker within the sort of first mm. first fifteen twenty five minutes. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's always been a sort of question mark over David Luis with some of his defenders. Yeah. But that being said, yeah. he had a good period at Chelsea. He looked really good in that in that back three. Um, I suppose then because there was three of them, the other two could cover him. Uh, sort of pushing forward, mm. 
PSG, I believe he had a really good partnership with Thiago Silva at the back. But then again, you look at it and it's PSG and they've walked the French League for the last sort of four or five years. Um, I just feel that he can be a bit... Yeah, um, rash. A bit risky to play, a bit rash. Um, a bit of a dilemma as well, because you sort of want you want to go away to Man City, you want to sort of keep keep uh, shop shop mm. in the sort of first first half, sort of maybe sixty minutes, try and have a goal. But yeah, I mean after that, it was just all over the shop. And then and then to be sent off as well, um, I'm sort of in the air about that one. I don't know if he should have been sent off. I, I think it was a penalty. Mm. You, you're going to give that a penalty, whether or not he's sending off. I was a bit dubious oh. about that. To be fair, I thought mm-hmm. when I first looked at it, I did think, oh, "Is it a red card?" Yes, he's for on goal, yeah. but is it? Is was it enough? You know, you see, you see challenges yeah. what are a lot worse, or and it's just a booking. Fair enough. Was he last man? That, it must have been to get the red card. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I feel, I feel if uh, Luis was on the pitch and didn't get sent up, they probably were still in the game at the time. Um, but once you lose a man, Maybe. You're, you're down and out, aren't you? I mean, Man City needed the win to keep pressure on Liverpool. Yeah, of course. Um, Arsenal needed probably a win to put the pressure on Man United, Spurs, and to get into these Champions League spots. I mean, I think personally mm. now it's a big long road for Arsenal to, to nab a Champions League spot. Yeah, it's a big ask. I mean, I don't know if Arteta is Arteta got a plan B. I, I mean. I've not seen no improvement, mate, since he's took over and what URI Emery did. I don't think there's a lot. I think they've, they, there was a sort of a tongue-in-cheek stab on Twitter about Arsenal going from sixth under Wenger to eighth under Emery to tenth under Arteta. Mm. Um, and it's one of those sort of situations, I'm not saying it's the same sort of, in the same boat, but Charlton always used to moan about finishing mid-table in the Premier League mm. under uh, under Kerbishley. And then he left. And Charlton are now at the bottom of the Championship. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to sort of be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I, I think Venner was a bit sort of all over the shop, a bit eccentric with how he, he dealt with things come the end of his tenure at Arsenal. Mm. But at least he was sort of guaranteeing you either... Champions League or Europa League football. They won't. I don't think with the money that Man City had or Chelsea had at times or United had at times, they were ever going to compete for the title. Mm. But they were there, they were there, So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of work to be done at Arsenal. Do you feel there's a lot of work? Um, Lenga was still in charge. Yeah, be higher up the league. Um, maybe mm. there was sort of. The, the sort of players that he'd bought in, I don't think it sort of really worked. Yeah. I think he bought in Xhaka, and I think Xhaka's not not all that. Mm. Um, some of the centre backs have been a bit questionable. I think after Murphy Zaka went, he's had a couple of seasons where he, he looked half decent for his age, but after that, he's later gone and he just wasn't the same player. Mm. Um, I thought they might have turned a corner with Leno in goal. Yeah. Um, and to be fair yeah. against Man City, he did play really well. Made some really good saves, um, even when even after they went down to ten men, and he's going to be a massive blow if he's out for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean he's a nasty um, fool, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, what do you make of it? Do you, do you think that more pay was deliberate with it? I think, to, my opinion, and uh, I've watched it over and over again, and I, I reckon more pay 
meant to knock into him. I don't think the ball would have to be played. Yeah. It was already in the keeper's hands. I reckon he's yeah. meant the nudge. That's my opinion on it. I mean, I did hear on Match of the Day where they reckon there was nothing in it. He's gone for the ball. Yeah. But the ball was in the keeper's hands and he's also lent into the goalkeeper. Yeah. So I feel, in my uh, opinion, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. yeah, but do you think he was going out to purposefully hurt them? That That's the question that's being asked. I, yeah, all right, he's made contact with the goalkeeper. Mm. But has he purposefully gone out to, to ruin Leno's seat? Because that's where I sort of sit on the fence. And I don't think he has. I think it's just one of those freakish incidents where he's twisted and he's landed on his knee. He's landed mm. awkwardly, twisted his knee, and it's caused the issue. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't think he went out to we, hurt him. We, but we, we've, seen, we've seen centre forwards do that to goalkeepers and they've landed. They've had a bit of an argy-bargy afterwards and they've carried on. Yeah. And that, to me, is where I, I think, yeah, he's probably done it to make sure that he knows that he's there. But I don't think he's done it with the intention to hurt him. I mean... I really don't think he's done that. I, I, I probably I, would I agree. think it's just a freak thing where he's landed on his leg awkwardly mm. and he's obviously done the, the, the injury that he had. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I, I agree to some extent. But my other argument would be... Um, why? Why would you even want to make contact with the keeper when he's got it in them two hands? When you know mm. he could have a fall, yeah. or you know, it's not. It's not worth the contact. And it's, I, I think deep down, I think yeah, probably did do it deliberately. Was that a tactic? Was it to get him out? They knew he was a strong keeper. I mean, uh, Martinez on the on, who was on the sub bench hasn't played. He's been there ten years and played about twenty games. So w- yeah. was it a tactic? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think. Um, yeah, I, I think this is definitely an opinion. But I highly doubt you will go through a tactical briefing saying hurt their keeper. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I would, would, you, would you do that? If if we if we go back to what we did this season, where we, we coach youngsters, would you want to teach your 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 youngsters? I wouldn't. No. Um, right. So, how how can you how can you look at it in a way that he's done it deliberately? He may have been a bit of a dick, and he may have wanted to sort of get one over Arsenal mm. for whatever reason because he doesn't like how they behave or whatever. Because he was saying afterwards that Guendouzi was giving them a load of chips in his game. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah, I'm, I'm going back to the fact that I don't think he's done it deliberately. I think he's. He's gone in to sort of make sure he, the keeper knows he's there, but I don't think he's done it in, in the intensity to, to want it. In. Uh, I, really I mean, there we go, people, two different opinions. After Man City's win uh, on Wednesday and Liverpool's draw um, yesterday, do you think that there is potential that Man City could catch Leicester? I mean, if they do beat Burnley tonight, they, they've, they've made five points over Liverpool in two games. Mm. You know, so are Liverpool sort of slightly looking over their shoulders that Man City could be on the shelf? Uh, mate, to be honest with you, I the Prem's done and dusted. I think, I think Klopp knows that, and I think yeah. the players know that. I think basically they took the foot off the gas a bit. They're playing players what they wouldn't probably normally play. Look, I mean, look at Mo Salah, mate, just sitting on the bench, didn't come on. I mean, if he wanted to go mm. out and win the game, he would have put Salah on, surely. Okay. Uh, so my opinion is, mate, oh, the Premier League's safe with Liverpool, Man City. Yeah, I, oh, no. 
It would be quite interesting, though, wouldn't it? It would. It would be nice if it come down but to a game. Bear in mind, Liverpool have to go to Palace in midway. From and obviously remember what happened under Rodgers, where they had to go to Palace. They were three 0 up and mm. drew it, and it cost them the title. Do you feel Liverpool would just chuck out a strong squad against Palace now, just to wrap wrap yeah. it up? Well, I think uh, Carragher was saying they need five points mm. um, to sort of really secure it. So. Yeah, you can probably chop and change, I think. Yeah. Um, I think Salad not playing yesterday, I don't know if that was because he was injured or they were sort of not 100% fit, I don't know. Mm. Um, but I think he might start against Palace um, or they may sort of save him until the week after. I mean, do you feel they yeah. uh, they did struggle? I mean, because there were no crowd there. I mean, it when I watched it, it didn't feel like a derby match to me. I mean, I don't know how that felt no, to you. I, I, I mean, watching the game yesterday, um, I, I sort of I was making notes, you know, trying to trying to act a bit professional about our podcast. You know me. <laughs> um, I, I sort of made some notes over the game, and I said uh, I put down that up until the seventy fifth minute, when Everton had the best chance, I thought it was a case of can't call, uh, can't score, won't score. Mm. I can't think of anything to note where Liverpool. Tested pictures. There was a free kick that I think Fabinho had, yeah, sort of near the end that Pickford tipped over the bar. But I, I cannot think off the top of my head mm. of anything of note. No, I can't. I mean, they didn't, when they did get in, I felt Seamus Coleman, mate, he was on fire last night. Yeah, he's super player. He's a really, really good. And he put player. some last ditch in. Yeah, I think had he not had his leg injuries over the last sort of three or four years, mm. I, I think he wouldn't be at Everton now. I think he'd be at one of the big clubs. Yeah. I really do. I mean, while we're on Everton, um, I just want to touch on it. I mean, what do you make of Leighton Baines not getting any game time? I mean, is Everton favourite? To be honest, I, I, I think he's he's on the down downhill now. I, mm. I think he's hit his peak and he's, he's on his way out. Um, the, the thing is, I think you look at it in the same sort of way that you did with with Ashley Cole at Chelsea and uh, Everett United, mm. Gary Neville at United. These sort of these fullbacks, you sort of expect them to go for sort of ten or fifteen years, but when that point comes to it, you then sort of have a bit of a panic because you don't know who they're going to replace. Mm. Um, I think Dini is a good enough left back. I, I think probably. I, I don't know. I, I think you'd probably want someone a little bit better. Yeah. I, I think Ding, Ding is going good going forward. Mm. I, I just, there's, I, I don't know. I just, I've never sort of, there's always been, a, to me, there's always been a little bit of a question mark over the defence. I mean, do you feel um, you'll see a different, whole different team next year with Everton with now Ancelotti having a full season in charge, transfer window? Do you reckon yeah. they'll scrap quite a few of them off? There could be a, a couple that might go. Mm. Um, I think the midfield needs a little bit of work. Um, I, I think they need an out-and-out goal scorer. I don't think Calvert-Lewin's good enough to, to get the sort of level of goals you probably need to get yeah. to, into, into the Europe spots. I, I, think, I think... I don't know how many he's got this season, but I don't think it's that many. Mm. Um and he's he's done a job, but I think they've missed Lukaku massively. Uh, I think for him, uh, him Everton was a really really good fit. Yeah, and he was such a good player at Everton. Do you feel they missed uh, uh, Walcott last night or not? 
No, I don't think they did. Um, Not even for that pace? I, I think, no. Um, no, because when Gomez came on, Gomez is, is quite a good, quite a pacey centre-back. Mm. Uh, I think he probably would have coped with it well. Um, you probably could have had him when Matic went off. You probably could have used him as the forward player instead of Moyes Keane. Mm. Um, to sort of aim for balls behind Lovren. Yeah. So I know there was a couple of times near the end where Richarlison had sort of got 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 around him and was creating a sort of a good couple of chances. Yeah. Um, I think to me that's where I missed him. But then I've always seen Walcott as a forward. I've never seen Walcott as a as a winger. Yeah. I've always seen him as a forward. Um, I think that's what they should have done at Arsenal. But at the time they had Henri when he came in. Yeah. So you were never going to get ahead of Henri, that's for certain. But then when he left, mm. I felt that's when they should have moved him. Because he did a good enough job yeah. on the right wing. I, I, there's, there's been times where I don't feel his final ball's that good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I certainly his finishing is, and his pace, and I just think he'd be a better centre-forward than yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't rate that a Wobi much either on the other side. I mean, yeah, get another ex-Arsenal player. He just, didn't, I yeah. don't think he fits yeah. in that team for me. No, um, I think because Richarlison's there, he's sort of second fiddle, and then you've got Bernard as well. Mm. I think that can, uh, uh, you're sort of looking at those three options to go down the left. Um, Wobi, I think, can play a bit on the right hand side, but he then cuts in on his left a bit. I think. Yeah. Um, so he's a he's a versatile player. I wouldn't say no to having him in the squad, but he wouldn't be first choice. Yeah, I mean, last last the ball just for. I mean, I thought. Sorry, say that again. Lovren last night. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. So I'll remember. chop this bit out again. Don't worry about it. Um, so to touch on last night's game. Just while we're on it, with Lovren when he come on, he got turned inside out by Richarlison. Mm. But the news is, if Liverpool win the league, he'll be the first Croatian player to win the Prem. Yeah, which is quite some uh, some achievement, really. Yeah, um, uh, I was surprised because I I thought Suker might have been there when Arsenal won it in the mid nineties with Wenger. Um, I think that might have been just after him. Mm. Um, Obviously, I think Modric is probably one of the best midfielders. Um, you know, he never really managed to get anything to Spurs. So, yeah, it is a bit of a surprise. But I think, uh, yeah, I think Lovren self-appointing him as one of the best centre-backs in the world. I just, I just don't see it. No, no I don't. I, I think, yeah, I, I think there's better players than him. Yeah. But he does your job. You know, he's... He comes in, he does a job, and he, he goes home again. Yeah. yeah. So that's probably what you want, especially after Matic going off injured and Milner as well, which meant that Gomez, who probably would have come in for Matic, yeah. would have got yeah. Gomez would have been there as centre half, but then obviously he was out at left back. Yeah. I'm sure some Everton oh. fans will want us to touch on quick where they nearly nicked it at the death when uh, Richarlison back healed. Great save by Alisson and. Uh, Put wide, hit the post, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, um, there was another one. I think shortly after, where uh, Richarlison had a chance to sort of square it across the box. Yeah. Um, I think it might have been a Wobie, in fact, that was sort of sit, sitting, sort of fifteen yards out, unmarked, and Richarlison's just gone for goal. 
And I think that's where occasionally he can sort of yeah have a mark put against him. Mm. Because there are times when you, instead of trying to get the glory yourself, look to create that glory. You you can get your glory any day of the week when you score when you're playing in the Premier League. You score a big goal at the end of the game, it wins you royalty. But you should be able to, at that sort of level, have a think of where you want to be going with it. And it won't be good enough to be able to finish that if he sees him. So why he's not passed, I don't know. I agree. I think that, I think that would have probably, a little bit of me would have said that Everton might have edged it and might have deserved to edge it. Mm. Because I do think after the, after that 75th minute, it was nearly all Everton. I think Everton, uh, during the game, I think Ancelotti had got a really good shape for Everton. They held it well. As, as I think, yeah, Salah may have been a big miss and it may have been a bit different had it not been Minamino. Mm. Um, but Firmino, I think for me, seemed a bit quiet. Um, and, yeah, I, I just felt that Everton dealt with things really well. Again, like you, I thought Coleman was brilliant. Yeah. I think it was superb. Um, but yeah, I just think Everton might have deserved to nick it at the end. I think I agree with that one, mate. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, uh, they look, like you said, after 75, they looked a bit more hungry for it. Probably boiled mm. down to they could have been more fitter than what Liverpool players were. Maybe, but then you don't know what the, the fitness regimes have been no. since they got announced as Project Restart since the, the return of the Premier League. So you don't know what they've been doing. Yeah. I think there was one... Brighton, I think, had a two-hour friendly against Brentford or Fulham mm. before the start of the season. <laughs> uh, they were obviously trying to get minutes into the legs as much as they could before starting off again. Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad idea. To be fair, it's good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was that was Everton Liverpool. Um, just quickly before we go on to the the bottom half of the table. Yeah. Uh, Spurs United, what did you make of that? Oh, what a game. I've, I, I, that's probably, <laughs> probably the most game I've enjoyed watching since the football's been back. And I was so itching towards Tottenham to win it. I was like, please, because I'm, I'm a big Mourinho fan. Love his game. Yeah. And when they scored, I thought, absolutely brilliant. Just got to control the game. They'll get another one. I think Kane would pop up and score. But mm. yeah, I don't think Kane was on his game. I really don't. No, he's missed a lot of football, though. You have to sort of sit there. He was injured before the lockdown. He's not been able to do a lot of football mm. since then. Um, and then, obviously, he's come back into it where you probably would have thought, had he had the season carried on, he might have had a few more minutes than he deserved or behind closed door friendlies. Yeah. Uh, trying to get the Euros, but I think it has missed out. Um, De Gea. <sighs> Where do, you, where do you want me to start? <laughs> um, well, do you think he's still one of the best goalkeepers in the world? No, and I'll tell you what, I have to go 100% with what Roy Keane said. Over, yeah. Overrated, awful goalkeeper, end of story. I mean, he, it may, he, I think he's been past it for years. I mean, why has why, why Real Madrid not come back in for him? Do you know what I mean? That's the question I ask myself. Well, to, to be fair, they spent however many million it was on Courtois. And was that because they couldn't get De Gea or they thought, actually, it's a backward step by signing him? I have a funny feeling it's because they couldn't afford De Gea. Mm. 
I really do. Um, I think, uh, I, you know, I'd need a Chelsea fan's opinion on, on the issue with Courtois. Mm. Um, but, Court, but see, the thing is, Courtois not painted himself in glory in right out. No, no. But would you say there's a bigger, he hasn't got bigger, how do you put it, boots to fill than De Gea has? What, Courtois? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if I said to you, mate, we need a goalkeeper, you've got two choices, Courtois or De Gea, who would be your pick? I'd go for De Gea. All day. All day, I'd go for De Gea. See, I'd have to disagree there. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd take, um, personally, I'd take Courtois. The reason I'm saying you... that is because he's so many errors De Gea's done. Not just this season, last season, the season before. No. I think he's dreadful, mate. I'm a Roy Keane. I, 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 I agree that there can be issues with errors, but then there can be issues with errors with all goalkeepers. So, so that goal yeah. uh, Spurs scored, uh, he should not have saved that. No, no, he should have saved it. I'm, mm. I'm not saying he shouldn't have, mm. but my my counter argument to, to Hayer being roasted is Spurs played Manchester United. Mm. It might have been earlier this season. Um, Man United won one nil. Yeah, and the oh. amount of saves that De Gea pulled off mm. to keep Man United in that game were phenomenal. But does one game make you a good keeper? But he's done it for many years. Many years. I mean, it's, it's, there's been many times that De Gea has kept them, kept Man United in games. I, I, and the fact that he's having an out-of-form season doesn't mean that everything that he's done throughout this I think he's been out-of-form for two or three seasons, though, Jacko. I mean, but is that because that United have been chopping and changing the style of play that the Hayes had to revert his role? Yeah, but then again, because you could revert to say if he's a good keeper, mate, he could revert to any style of play and be able to, to pull but, off. But his Joe Hart's a good keeper, and Man, Man City got rid of him. True, but then I look at who they've got now, who's ten times better than Joe Hart. Yeah, I know, but Joe Hart doesn't do that style. Yet he's one of England's best goalkeepers, and he's now leaving Burnley at the end of the season. So, mm. you know, I, I think I, I do think that there could be an issue where the way that teams play mm. can sort of detriment a goalkeeper's or a player, player's ability to, to change. So that you save know, De Gea pulled off against Son, that header, would you yeah. would you class that as a cracking save or was that for the cameras? Is that the one where it went back across the goal and he tipped it over the bar? He tipped it over the bar with his left hand, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's a good save. Son's Son's one of the best strikers in the Premier League. Mm. You know, if if he if the Hay is saving them, mm. he's more than likely a goal. Uh, I think there may be a, a couple of keepers that may not have got to it at all. Um, I thought he made it look uh, just, more than what it was. I mean, yeah, again, I'm with Roy Keane. He probably could have caught that. Dean Henderson did it against Newcastle. Mm. You know, there was a long range effort. Mm. He's Made it look ten times harder than it was. Yeah, I mean, that Henderson's a goalkeeper. I, so, yeah, but I think Henderson's I, I, got I, a lot more, to, not a lot more to learn, mate. I mean, De Gea's been around the block, mate. He knows what he should be doing and what he shouldn't be doing, and he ain't bothered, mate. He's there yeah. to cash his wages in. My my, my bottom yeah. line on it is sack him off, get someone else in there, get that Romero number two, get him in there. Class, his class. Yeah. I don't know, I'll sack him off, mate. That's my argument. Would you, take, would you take him at Leicester? 
No, I wouldn't. No, I'd keep Casper. Casper yeah. proven, mate. I find Casper doesn't make that many errors. Now, I'm not saying he's better than De Gea, but I'm saying he makes less errors than De Gea. You know, and I feel he's got better distribution than De Gea. Is he a better shot yeah, stopper yeah. than De Gea? At this you're, present, you're, you're, I'll say yes. You're, you're saying distribution. I remember him passing the ball to Aguero. Yeah, probably once or twice. You know, but then again, mate, I'm, I'm going off. It. If I'm going off it, I'm going off season after season. I feel Schmeichel is putting shift after shift after shift. From I mean, I feel the game has gone backwards, mate. If it were me, and I was United gaffer, and I went in today, it'd be the first player on my sheet to sack off. Do you also think, though, yeah, that Man United's centre half issues um, have caused it as well? Yeah, part and part. part of you, it, yeah. you think of it. They've had Phil Jones, Chris Smalling, yeah. Michael Carrick's played yeah. the centre half with the Hayer in goal. Yeah. Um, Scott McTominay. Maguire, Blind, McTominay. Yeah. You know, at one point yeah. they had no fit centre halves and they're playing two centre midfielders as centre back. Mm-hmm. You're you're putting a lot of pressure on your keepers to keep you in a game if you haven't got good centre back. Yeah, but uh, I, I, do, uh, I do get that, mate. But then you've got an 80 mil. I, I still prove that on Wednesday night. Mm. Louise is not a good centre back. And how many errors did he give away to create chances for Man City? I do, I do get, you know, I do get that. And mate. then you're putting pressure on Leno to keep from in it. I get, I do get where you're coming from, but they've also, mate, you've got an 80 million centre half there. I mean, he got turned inside yeah. out like a turnip, mate. I mean, do you do you feel he played a great game for an 80 mil defender against Spurs, Harry Maguire? No, but then. But then I think Maguire's been a bit hit and miss this year. Mm. So if, on, if I said to you, again, same question I asked you about goalkeepers, would you say, if, if I said I need a new central defender, would you take Maguire or would you take Van Dijk? I'd take Van Dijk. Yeah, I, I, and I agree but with then, you on that. But then I, 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 I think Van Dijk's a quicker centre-half than Maguire. So Maguire's um, price tag, would you say, was completely wrong? I think it was, yeah. Mm. I don't think he should have gone for the man that he did. Um, but then then again, do you think he should have went at all? I mean, what's he gained? Yeah, yeah, I, I think he should have gone. I, I think... But what's he gained I think by Man's going? Hit, I think... You know, it's... Oh, no, he didn't win really well. he's, gained, he's gained the captaincy. That's all he's gained. Especially if Leicester end up, mate, in the top four this year. Champions League football. United are not guaranteed at the minute, mate. They've still got to catch Chelsea. Yeah. So, he's left the club exactly the same as Kante at the time where we're in the Champions League next season and he's playing Europa League or nothing. Yeah, but in, in that argument, Kante's won the, won the Premier League the year after. That's true. That is true. So, you know, he's, he's already sort of But if you've already won it, if you've already won the, champ, uh, the Premier League, surely your next objective will be, I want to play Champions League and win that. It depends on the person. You say that, you look at the argument that Ryan Fraser's caused with his contract issues at Bournemouth. Yeah. Eddie Howe has come out saying he will only pick players that want to play for Bournemouth. Fraser has said he wants to go. Mm. Now, if you or I were in that position, and I think a few people that were listening are in that position, you'd want to play for the club that you're playing for in the Premier League because you may not get that opportunity. Again. And you may not get an opportunity at a better club. 
So I think it depends. I think it depends on the person itself. I mean, football's changed. I mean, I remember uh, speaking to Marlon King, um, and I've done a live interview with him, and I did say to him, "How has football changed from when you played to now?" I mean, there's more money involved today. Would you, as a nice put to him, would you have joined a bigger club for more money, or would you stay at a club that you wanted to wear the shirt for, basically? And he said, well, it's hard to answer. But he said, nine times out of ten now, players want to go to a bigger club for yeah, the money. Yeah, Whereas back in the day, if he played for Watford like he did, he was a Watford fan. So he was happy to yeah. put the shirt on and play. I feel today, in today's game, mate, with Maguire. Maguire, yeah, he's a Man United fan. But I reckon most of it was because of the money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing it at all. I just I agree with you that his price tag was a bit too high, but you you don't know the situation. Leicester could, he could have gone the other way. Mm. Leicester have had a good season. Mm. That, that's, don't get me wrong; they've had a really really good season. But yeah. had Maguire left and Leicester been in the in the side and been down the bottom, mm. what would you have said then? Would you have said Maguire deserved to go on to Man United? If Man United were where they are now, and Leicester were near the bottom instead of being in a Champions League spot, mm. what would you say then? Well, thing is, mate, I, if a player wants to go, they want to go. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop them. Yeah, so that, but there, there is a but. We we measure the player you are. So my argument is show a bit of respect for the team. What made you the player you are? And do another year or another two years. Show a bit oh. of respect. That's that's the way I look at it. Like when Mares left, I was absolutely feeling yeah. that he left. Cause I thought you're playing in the French second division. No one's ever heard of Mares before he comes to Leicester. Even yeah, when he came to Leicester, we were like, who the hell's Mares? And then look at him. He's a wonder kid. And the quick first time he had a chance to go, mate, he was gone. It's not surely well, show he, a bit of respect. Yeah, but as you say, money talks. Mm. What what were Man City offering him compared to what Leicester are offering? That's the thing we can't compete. No, exactly. So you've got to accept that as a club in Leicester's position that if your players have a good season, mm. they're going to want to go. So and, if you, you was know. a so let's obviously the listeners know that you're a Millwall fan. So if I yeah. put it to you and I says right, um, I'm now in charge of Millwall. Mm-hmm. You want to? Um, and I said right, you you can either stay here. You stand the same contract, you know, and be a Millwall legend. Or there's an offer now I've just received from Man City, and it will put you on fifty grand more a week. What move would you take? Would you play for your team? What you uh, is your boy team? Or would you take the money? The thing, as I said to you before, it's down to individuals. See, if I was given the opportunity to put on a Millwall shirt, yeah, and playing the same, send the players a right back, which mm. you know, apart from my size, I mm. thought that was where I was mm. best positioned. Mm-hmm. I'd play at Mill. I'd play at Mill for the rest of my life. So you wouldn't there's, mind there's no doubt about that. No, I, I wouldn't because A, I'm doing what I wanted to do and yeah. B, I'm doing it for the club I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Now, if Maguire's saying that he's a United fan mm-hmm. and I, I feel I always sort of take that with a pinch of salt anyway mm-hmm. purely for the fact that, you know, it's going to look make them look better to the fans if he turns around and says I'm a United fan. Mm-hmm. He may not have been. Um, then if, if that's the club he wanted to play for, Mm. He would have probably taken maybe a yes or a no or maybe at the first negotiation, yeah. And then it's set for the second time there. So okay, so if he if he's that much of a United fan and they come back saying, 
Leicester are paying you 40 grand a week. We can only give you 20. Do you reckon he would have went then? Even if he is a Man U fan? Or do you think he would have stayed? Oh, I don't know. It, it probably would be a situation where he probably would have said no. Yeah, I don't know, mate. I'll find those yeah. players out there what, you know what I mean? They think yeah. they're owed some I don't disagree with you. I think it's just down to the player, the individual of the player. Mm. Um, as I said before, I think Maguire's transfer fee was a bit too high. But then, mm. looking at that, Stones went for a ridiculous amount of money mm. and look how he's turned out. Mm. And the problem oh. is, because of how much Liverpool spent on Van Dijk, mm. that is the sort of next mark on where people have to go to get a centre-back. I mean, so, I've seen a, I've seen a, 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 a rumor, a transfer rumor, mm-hmm. that Liverpool want to make a fifty-four million pound bid for Koulibaly from Napoli. Right. So you're looking at Van Dijk, who's come in at uh, however much it was. Mm. Maguire's gone in for nearly eighty million. Stones has gone in for nearly fifty million. Mm. Koulibaly's coming in at fifty-four million. If they if they're wanting a reasonably top-class centre back, you're looking at between. Seventy and eighty-five million. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know. So I think inflation does have a price to pay on it. Mm. Um, but do you think yeah. Maguire, when he's gone there, he's that good to even have the captaincy? I mean, this angers me. A player like that, and he goes straight in and bids a captain of Man- Manchester United, the biggest, one of the biggest teams in the world. Well, Millwall have done exactly the same thing. Millwall bought in Alex Pearce from Derby. They bought mm. him in on loan. Um, we were having issues at the back last season. And yeah. he came in and he changed the complexion of how the defence worked. He's the most vocal centre-half I've seen down at Millwall for going on sort of 15 years. Mm. Um, he's the most vocal defender I've seen since Kevin Muscat. Mm. Um, and he was captain. And they made him club captain at the start of the season. And I have no issue with that. Because if he's got the personality to be able to lead that team, mm. I, I seriously don't have an issue with someone coming in new and being. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, have a I don't feel Maguire's but, a leader, though, mate. I mean, he, he weren't Leicester captain, and he wasn't a leader who, at Leicester. Who is going to be that leader of that United team? What if I had to name him? If I had to name a captain now? Yeah, if you say Pogba, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> I mean, for me, I'd probably have to go with. If he played week in, week out, either Luke Shaw, mm. or this might bite me on the, on the butt a bit, and you might be a bit gobsmacked because I slated him off today, but De Gea. <laughs> 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 I knew you were going to do that. No. <laughs> and for all you listeners out there, I'll explain why. Because he knows the club inside out. Yes, I'll go back on. He makes his errors, and I don't rate him, and I think he's overrated. However, he's, he knows the club. He's worked with Fergie. He knows how Man United play, give him the captaincy. Do you know what I mean? I love that. That's that... brilliant. <laughs> genuinely brilliant. I love that. <laughs> so you all will be a bit gobsmacked, but that's my choice of captaincy. So would you get rid of De Gea then? <laughs> if, I of... <laughs> if I got rid of De Gea, <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have I'll Luke Shaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's move on. <laughs> Spurs. Yeah. Do you, how do you see them going under Mourinho? Oh, mate, season? I'll tell you, my opinion is I think they'll be up there, mate. I think they'll be competing for the title. Yeah, they really yeah. do. Mm. Mm. 
with a few a, a few more additions to the to the squad, probably more defensively than attacking. I think they'll be up there, mm. mate. And I think that that club suits Mourinho down to a T. Yeah. Who would you bring in then? Probably Harry Maguire, wouldn't you? <laughs> It'd be last on the list. Yeah, so Harry was captain. If I have to bring someone in, I'd I'd probably bring in I mean, a centre defensive midfielder. And the reason I say it, I think they just need someone to hold yeah, the play. They up. have loads, though. They have loads, but I don't think they're up to it. If it were me, I'd bring in Nemanja Matic from United and just sit him in there. He's, he's got, got the ex- legs. he's got the experience. That, mate, I, I don't want no one with legs, mate. And that, I just want him to get the ball and knock it. I mean, that's what I think. You know, uh, Spurs need. I mean, you name the other centre defensive mids: Eric Dyer. They play in there. Not the best. Dyer, not the best. Below. Not the best. West. Not the best. Um, I'm trying to think who Spurs have got. I mean, I mean, what do you reckon they need to bring in? I think they need to figure out what out of the of the song are doing. Mm-hmm. I think they need a centre half. Um, they need full backs. Um, backs have got now do the job. I don't think. I think. I think Aurier is a bit sort of. Um, I don't think Aurier is the right sort of right back mm. for for Spurs. Um, ben Davis is a good enough left back, and he's done a reasonable job. Yeah, from Danny Rose. Mm. But I just think they need a better left back. Um, is he as good as Danny Rose? Uh, would you take Danny Rose over? No. no? Um, I probably I would take Danny Rose. Mm. But then I think because he's got he's got the better pace to deal with pacey wingers. I think Davis is good. I just don't think he's got the speed. I mean, um, do you feel uh, Levi Levy? The, the chairman will give Mourinho money or do you think that's it? He's got to work with what he's got. I, I think it's going to be a case of we will give you a bit mm. but you want any more you're going to have to sell both. Yeah, well, I've heard talks. I don't know if you've heard the same as me um, but I've heard that Coutinho might be on his way to Spurs. See, I, I mean, I, I don't think know how much in that. I, I think that works because they... they Ericsson's gone and they need to replace Ericsson. Mm. Bergwijn's good enough. Mm. I think if uh, the way I would see it, this is how I'd set up my Spurs team for Mourinho next season. Yeah. If we were to get the players that he was looking at. So, yeah. I'd have uh, Lloris and Gold. Mm-hmm. If, if we're saying that the back four is going to stay the same, you'd have Aurier, Adeverell, Vertonghen and Davis. I'd yeah. have Deli Ali and Ndombele in the middle. Mm-hmm. I'd have Bergwijn, Coutinho, Mora, and Kane up front. Oh, sorry, not Mora, Son, and then Kane up front. So you wouldn't have That's a spot for Mora? No, I'd have Mora off the bench. Um, I'd I'd use Mora mm-hmm. as that as that impact sub, like he did against Ajax. I'm pretty sure he turned off the bench against Ajax and won him the game. He did. I'm, I'm, I, I, I think, mean, again, and I think that worked. Sorry, mate, but I'm going to be a Jason Cundy on you here. I'm, I'm going to have to disagree. I mean, okay. I feel Moore has got to be in the starting eleven, mate. I really do. I'd have a, I'd have a, a attacking three of Mora, Son, and Kane. I feel after so Moura keeps Bergwall, and I'd put him out wide, mate, in a five. Sorry, in a four, in the, out wide. I'd put him out wide. 
I'd have if it were my t- team, I'll go through my side. Yeah. I'd have Larice, Vertonghen, and Arvaruweld in the centre halves. Yeah. I would have uh, Aurier and Ben Davis as me right and left backs. Yeah. Um, I'd also have in the middle. I'd have Deli Ali, and I'd have out wide um, Bergwin. And I'd also have Son, and then I'm missing another centre mid, which I'd probably put in there at a push, Winks, and then I'd have a front two of Son and Kane. Oh, sorry. No, I've just, uh, I wouldn't have Ndombele in my squad. I'd have him on the bench. I'd have Sissoko. Yeah, yeah, he's not a bad that's shout. Where, that's where the holding yeah. I'm going to say if I said Son twice I meant Mora <laughs> so any <laughs> listeners out there think I'm losing it <laughs> I can already tell them that you are <laughs> I mean bottom line is where do you think uh, United will be next season and Spurs if you had to put a place on them for next season let's say without oh. any transfers as they stand now I think if Leicester didn't if Leicester don't have the season yeah. That they've had, I think Man City, Man United, sorry, and Tottenham will be in and around Europe League. Mm. Do you reckon Mourinho's aim is to finish above United? No, I think Mourinho's aim is to get as close to the Champions League as he possibly can. Mm. Do you still feel as well as he's, the, he's still the number one like uh, manager? You know, when people are pointing Mourinho, no. you think, "Geez, no, he's going to win them the oh, title." I think he's a good manager. Mm. I think it depends where he goes. And as I said before, I think player power has a lot to say now. So the special really one don't do. live up to his name anymore? I don't think he's so special anymore. Um, you know, I think he's in I think he's in that batch of good managers mm. that are around. Um, I think probably the best manager at the moment is Guardiola. Again, um, though, but if he dropped down um, to a lower, a lower club, would you feel he's still a good manager then? I don't think he'll cut it. He's, you've got to think, he's been at a club, mate. Every club he's been at, I feel, are just the top top team clubs. I mean, you look at it. Barcelona, yeah, but that, Man City. He's not going to go anywhere else, though, is he? Is eventually, he? eventually, mate. Honest. He'll have to, won't he? Eventually. Well, where would he go? Well, you look at Carlo Ancelotti, mate. Winner with Chelsea. Went Napoli, done well there. Been Real Madrid. Now he's at Everton. Now, I mean, would you ever think Carlo Ancelotti's name would be cropped up at Everton as a new manager? No, but then I thought Koeman would do a really good job there. I mean, I agree. I mean, I had high expectations for Koeman. Um, I had big expectations for um, Marco Silva. Yeah. was the guy before him. Mm. He'd done a really good job. Uh, I think it was at Watford before he went, went to Everton. Mm. He'd done a really good job there. And I thought, hmm, that's a good fit. And yeah. then it turned out not so. And then they bought in Koeman. And I thought, hmm, that's a good fit. And then that didn't happen then. Mm. Um, you know. So you, so you wouldn't think a Guardiola, a Tekka club, a smaller club like an Everton, a Leicester, a, even a Spurs, Arsenal. Do you not think you'd take them? I, this, yeah. See, the thing is... Uh, I'm going out on the limb by saying this. Mm. I think if Guardiola was to take over at Arsenal, I think he'd get Arsenal playing some really, really good football. And I think Arsenal would be up there. With I the really players do. he's got now? 
No, he'd have to work to get rid of some of them. But mm. I think he'd get more use out of Ozil. Mm. And Ozil seems to be non-existent. Um, he'd work. He'd sort out the centre-back issue. If, if if Arsenal were told you can only bring in one player, I'd, he'd bring in the centre-half. I know you've chose <laughs> Arsenal, but surely, mate, Arteta's worked with him long enough, so Arteta will have the same game plan, surely? I didn't see the same game plan that he played against Arsenal on, on Wednesday. Mm. And that was near enough, apart from Ozil, I think, and Lacazette, that was near enough his, his first team. Yeah, possibly right, yeah. I mean, to me, I mean, I'm just going to quickly go back on that game with Arsenal and City, but did you see them at the end of the game? I mean, they didn't have a chat or nothing, did they? Arteta or no. um, Guardiola, it seemed a bit of a, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not your mate sort of thing, <laughs> if you get yeah, what I mean. Yeah, well, yeah but that, you don't know if that was just for the cameras or if there was yeah. genuinely something there. It's um, like you've left me, you can jog on. Do you, if that, that's the sort of sense I got by watching it. Yeah, yeah. It'd be how I react to you if you were to sod off and coach them well. Well, yeah. <laughs> We've been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd probably like to do some hours now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't shake around or anything. On the <laughs> we'll move on to that topic in a few weeks, people. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we've talked mainly, mm-hmm. we've rambled on a bit longer than I thought, but we've talked mainly about the uh, the top half. Let's let's discuss the bottom half. Yeah. Um, Bournemouth. Ooh, Palace. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I could have started you either West Ham at Wolves, Bournemouth at Palace, or Norwich against Southampton. Well, I don't think it would have made a difference, would it? No, it wouldn't have made much of a difference. I mean, let's you've start got to with look at those three. You've got to look at those three and think, all right, Norwich, I've said Norwich are going down, but mm-hmm. you've got to look at Bournemouth and West Ham. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's bounce on Bournemouth first. I mean, yeah. I can't say anything. Great, mate, to be honest. I, I think that they're down. Oh, oh, Eddie Howe hasn't got a plan B. I know I love Eddie Howe. And do you yeah. know what I think would be really good? Sounds really harsh. I'm sorry if it's Bournemouth fans listening, but Bournemouth relegate, get rid of Eddie Howe and let him have a great ride at a Premier League club, a bigger club, and let him prove himself. I mean, look what he's done with Bournemouth. He has no money year in, year out, and he brings these players in and makes them into worldies. Yeah, and I just feel like now he's just lost lost the changing room a little bit, maybe, and he's just well, I think, you know. I, I I think there's more to the dressing room atmosphere than than just Eddie Howe losing them. I think the issue with Ryan Fraser mm. may have caused a few rifts. But do you yeah. feel he's a big enough player to turn down another contract to go somewhere else? I do. Yeah, you look at his season last year. He was one of the outstanding left wingers in the Premier League. I don't. I don't feel he'll cut he it, Jacko. Uh, he may not, but I still think he's one of the best left wingers in the Premier I look at it now mm. as I think. Look at Danny Drinkwater. He'll be probably one of the best centre midfielders in the league when Leicester won the Prem. He went to Chelsea, and now where yeah. is he? Yeah. So and, and Fraser's then, got to be careful what he wishes then, for. But then players have come from smaller teams. Vardy. Mm. Vardy came from Fleetwood. Yeah. And he's now one or two goals away from 100 Premier League goals. Yeah, one goal away. He's on 99. And, and who would you say Leicester's a bigger club than Fleetwood? Oh, 100%. Right then. So, you know, you can you you can either go one of two ways. Mm. You can either leave a small club for a bigger club and not perform. Mm. Or you go to a big bigger club, you sit there and realise that you're 
you're a you're not such a big fish in a small pond anymore, mm. and you need to prove to these players that you cost them. So and if he can't... moves, which club would you say he would be best suited for? I mean, most of them are above Bournemouth. I feel it'll be a bench warmer. Um, I can't see anyone where he'll fit, mate. To be quite honest, over in the teams that are down there already with Bournemouth. Uh, Unless he sits on the bench. They could do a job at Sheffield United. Possibly, but would they be in the league? Uh, would uh, they stay in the uh, league? Sheffield United? Yeah, yeah I next, think they would. Next year, would they, yeah, be, yeah, would they be up there again? I don't, no, I don't I, feel I, it. I think Sheffield United are a good side. They're a good side. And I, I think Wilder's got them playing good football. And I said this last week, that I think Sheffield United will stay up. I, I, I could see him going to somewhere like Newcastle or Everton mm-hmm. or even Burnley. Um, mm. You know, if Zaha was to go from Palace, mm. he could do a job there. Palace, uh, but a Palace any better than Bournemouth? That's the question. Table, table doesn't lie, Greeny. Doesn't lie, but I mean... Palace, Palace are four points. Palace are four points off the Europa League spot. They are going for their best points finish in top five football since 1992. Yeah, and I, I, I get that, but I also look at... Would I rather want to plan Reddy Howe or Roy Hodgson? To me, no, no comparison. I'd rather plan Reddy Howe. I can't. Um, yeah, Roy Hodgson's a manager, but I just can't but get to grips with. He's played, yeah, but he's played under Eddie Howe, and he now wants to go. Mm. So obviously, feels he can play better under somewhere else. I'm not, know, I mean, they, I'm not a big fan is... of the Fraser. I'm really yeah. not. No, he don't, he don't do it for me. If if he come up saying Leicester would put in for Fraser. I wouldn't be pleased, mate. He wouldn't get he wouldn't get his name on the back of my shirt. Put it that way. He really would. Well, no, because I don't know what shirt you're wearing every week, anyway. <laughs> Depends who's winning. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so uh, yeah, Bournemouth, Bournemouth played Palace. Um, I felt they they as soon as that first goal went in, mm. I, I think Bournemouth were dejected. I think they weren't. I think they sort of admitted that themselves maybe that they were going down. I mean, I thought um, Bournemouth started off pretty well, mate. I mean, that David Brooks looked really good again. Yeah, he did. But then, like you said, it's, uh, that goal Palace, just put, knocked him, didn't as it? As soon as that goal went off. in, Palace were just on it. Mm. Um, I mean, what a goal that was, mate, to start it all off by Milivojevic. Yeah, yeah, it was a great free kick. Great um, and to be fair, their second goal was really good as well. It was a really well-worked move mm. um, finished oh. by IU, um, which was ironic because I slated IU for not scoring enough goals. Mm. And then he banged in Palace's second on the, on the weekend. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think Bournemouth are down. Yeah. Um, if, if they get the results, that would be great. Um, I, I just I think it might not be enough. Um, Norwich against Southampton. Um, Southampton was so... I, I thought Southampton were really impressive. On yeah, Saturday. I mean... Danny Ings yeah, looks like he hasn't took any time off, does he? No, exactly. And <laughs> I, I, I think he's a really good striker. I think he's really unlucky at Liverpool. Mm. I think if he showed this form, I, I think he'd be he'd be still at Liverpool. Um, but obviously injuries have hampered him. Mm. Um, uh, and I mean, yeah, he's still up there, isn't he, for Golden Boot? Yeah, of course he is. Yeah, uh, you, you can't be you can't be a poor striker if you're one up there for for Golden Boot in the Premier. What I'd like to know is, and off yourself, and also if anyone's listening, tune, uh, tune in, contact us on email or Twitter. Um, but what I do want to know is, 
do you think Danny Ings is good enough to be an international level striker for England? You've got to look at who's ahead of him, really, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, who've you got? You've got Harry Kane. You've got Marcus Rashford. Rashford. Sterling, Sancho. Yeah. Um, I mean, would you take him in your squad? Would you take him for the Euros next year? Or would you not? Ideally, I'd still have Vardy if he hadn't retired. Yeah. I mean, there was talks of him uh, trying to get him out of retirement, but... Yeah, I know. Um, I'd I have mean, to get back on you. I, I, I genuinely, I'd have to get back to you on that one because I think I'd need a bit more football to see it. Um, I think I'd take him as yeah. a punt. What about Wilson? Mm, would I? T- no, no, I, I wouldn't. Think, no. What about Tammy Abraham? No, I wouldn't take him either. You wouldn't take Tammy Abraham? No. No, I'd leave him at home, mate. As Ryan, um, as uh, sorry, Roy Keane would say, he ain't even getting on the team bus. No, I'd take definitely take Danny Ings over Tammy. I mean, what can Tammy Abraham bring apart from his height? He's not prolific like Danny Ings, is he? No, but he does well as a striker up front on his own. Is that England style, um, though? Yeah. Mm. It's too, you, I feel if you have Tammy up front, it's too one-dimensional football. You, it's just going to be long pop-up to Tammy Abraham. Yeah, but then it could be the same with Harry Kane. It could be, but I don't think it would be. I mean, even with Danny Ings, you, he can play inside pockets, mate. He can he drops off, comes in, gets the ball, pulls yeah. out wide. He but drops he, in all the little pockets. He'd have to play up front with someone else. I think. Well, put him up there with, like you said, Harry Kane. No issue. Because I'm pretty sure against uh, that uh, when when he played for Southampton on mm. on Friday night, I think it was. Mm. He was up front with that young kid. Um, mm. I don't know his name. I mean, he's, he's that he's that type of player, mate. I just feel he, he could be at a bigger club than Southampton. I mean, well, he was, well, wasn't he? he was yeah, yeah, he was, but injuries knocked him a bit back. Yeah, but yeah. I think he's earned a spot again now. Abba Femi, that's it. He played up front with Abba Femi for the, for the yeah, game. yeah, and he looks really pace. good. He, mm. Yeah, so I, I think Ings is a good striker. Mm. Don't get me wrong; I think he's a very good striker. But he'd mm. have to play up there on his. He, if he was to play in England's lineup, he'd yeah. have to play up on his own. Well, I think if, if he had to play up front on his own, mate, I still feel he'll do a job. Because the way the way you'd look at it, in mm. England, I'm pretty sure Southgate has got England set up in a four three two, a four two three one. Yeah. Um, with uh, when they were last playing it, it was Sterling, Ali, Rashford behind Kane. Mm. And then you had Henderson and you had... Uh, was it Dyer or something in there? Dyer, yeah. So that was your sort of midfield mm. five with Kane in front of his own. Mm. Ings is playing at Southampton mm. with um, another another forward. If you were yeah. to change that, you'd have to drop one of Ali, Sterling or Rashford. Easy. You'd probably go with Ali, wouldn't you? I would, yeah. Yeah, um, I dropped Ali. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't proved to me that he's 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 good enough at international level. I mean, what's he done for Spurs? Really? Mm, mm, no, I have to disagree with you on that one. I, yeah. I think Dele Alli's done done more than enough. Uh, yeah, all right. There's been issues where he's he's a loose cannon, mate. 
yeah and uh yeah that i don't disagree with but i think delhi ali is a very very good player and he's a very good player i'm pretty sure in the world cup there was a game he didn't start we looked a bit off Mm. he came on and changed it Mm. and i I think i think that works i really do and i think he can do the same for spurs um Obviously, going back to Spurs, if they were to sign Coutinho, I'd have him deeper and have Sissoko sort of holding and mm. Ali pushing up front with, with the likes of Coutinho, Son and, and either Bergwin or, or Moore. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think those, those three behind Kane work really well for him. Yeah, I mean... So, uh, that's why I'd go, over, I'd go with Tammy Abraham over Danny Ings because Tammy Abraham can play up front on his own. He did, it, he did it at Chelsea, he did it mm. at Villa. And he's, he's got goals for Villa and he's got goals for Chelsea. <laughs> Today's a day of all disagreements. <laughs> yeah. This is the whole point, man. This is, this is what you told me was the whole point of the podcast. You yeah. disagree with a lot of things. It is, it is the debate show. Yeah. I mean, what, my other question I want to ask, while we're on Southampton, I mean, what do you make of Hoysberg wanting to leave? Club captain, Gavid noticing? Um, yeah. Uh, it's going to happen in this day and age. We, we we touched on it earlier. Yeah, you know, players are going to want to go for money. He wants mm. to play at a bigger club. At least he's done that. He's he's come out and said it mm. instead of not saying it, refusing to play because he's sulking because he can't go to a bigger club. Yeah, I mean he's he's still playing, isn't he? And then is it Ward yeah, Prowse's but, top captaincy, isn't he? Yeah, but well, Ward, Ward Prowse, I think is going to be Southampton through and through. I really do. Um, but the, the thing for Hoiberg to do now is he's got to prove to everyone that he should be fitting in a big club. I think he can. I really do. Um, but who's he going to go to? I'd chuck him straight in at Chelsea. He'll fit in at what, over the, the players that Chelsea's got? Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Hoiberg. Uh, yeah, I'd chuck him in Chelsea. I'd put him in at Spurs. I'd put him in at... I'd even put him in at Leicester. Um, where else would he fit in, fit in at Arsenal? There's, mate, there's plenty of top clubs there, but he'll fit in nicely. Okay. I really uh, do. A bit shocked by the Chelsea one. I, 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 mean, it, yeah. I mean, obviously, what is he? He's a, he's a centre midfielder and he Hoiberg and plays out wide as well. Yeah, but he, yeah, he sort of seems to be the attacking one. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you could say, who could you drop him from Chelsea to put him in for? Drop him. He's, I've dropped him for, if I had to put a name on dropping someone from Chelsea to put him in, I'd probably edge towards, let's say, drop Mason Mount and put Hoiberg in. Really? Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. I feel Mason Mount, quality what? quality player, but is, yeah. is he up to that sort of level yet? No, I think he yeah. needs one more season at Derby or he should have had one more season at Derby or something to get that going. Oh, OK. That, that, oh. That's my opinion. I, I, I can't see it. I, I, I'm sorry, I cannot see it. They're bringing in Ziyech. They're bringing in Werner. Mm. You've already got Pulisic, Willian, mm. if he stays. You've got Mount, Barkley, yeah. Jorginho, yeah. Kovacic, yeah. Kante. Yeah. I, you've got uh, Billy Gilmore coming through. Yeah. You've got Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Where, at what point is Hoiberg sitting in that side? Mate, other players you've named are not worthy of the first team. Ruben lost his cheek. 
is one I'd keep. But with Mason Mount, I'd drop him off. I'd drop off uh, Jorginho. I'd take him out of the squad. Um, yeah. Kovacic, I'd take him out of the squad. I mean, they're not they're not regulars players, are they? They don't get played yeah. week in, week out. No, they do. Not every Mount game. Mount does. Yeah, Mount, Mount does. But the only reason Mount's in the team is because Lampard took him at Derby. No, no. Because... He's not the proven reason why Mount's, The reason why Mount's in the first team is because he's a good player. He's not proven if he wasn't a good player, level. If he wasn't a good player, Lampard wouldn't have even touched him with a barge pop. No, but difference. Yeah, I mean, did you hear of he, him before Lampard went to Derby, though? No, but did you hear of Harry Wilson before he went to Derby, though? Yeah, because he was at... Uh, well, no, 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 yes. No, he wouldn't have done. And so he's then gone to Bournemouth. Yeah, but is Wilson, in the, like, uh, is Wilson in the Chelsea lineup? No, they loaded him out. Well, no, Harry Wilson's at Liverpool. Mate. Liverpool, sorry, sorry. Yeah, is he in their team? No. No, because he's not going to get ahead of Mo Salah or Firmino or Mane. Well, mate, I don't... Who I don't, would you rather have, Harry Wilson or Mo Salah? I'd take Mo Salah. He's proven. Who would you rather have, Harry Wilson or Robert Firmino? I'd take Firmino. Who would you rather have, Wilson or Mane? Mane. <laughs> but you can see my point. But who would you rather have, Wilson or Mason Mount? Mason Mount. All day long. All I'll day long would I have Mason Mount. Oh, my word. I watched him at Derby last year and this kid was tearing up trees like nothing I've seen. And, he, and he's, a, yeah, he's an international Wilson, mate. Where's Mount? He's, he's, he ain't getting in first-team football for England, is he? I'm pretty sure Mason Mount's played a couple of times for England. Yeah, not as much as... Uh... What's his name? Yeah, Harry Wilson, Wilson plays for Wales. Wales. Yeah. I'd like to hear people's views on this. Mason Mount, yeah. Harry Wilson, please. I, I think we need to change the subject before I start chucking my headphones at my laptop, I think. <laughs> right, so let's move on. Then. We're already following each other. Right, let's, so West Ham Wolves. Before, right. we can, before we go further. West Ham Wolves. Um, yeah, Wolves looked impressive. They did, didn't they? Um, Adama Traore, right? has become an amazing player since he went to Wolves and worked under a Spiro Sanchez. Will he stay? Him... Trial, eh? Yeah. Mm. They're on the cusp of Europa League football. They're in the Europa League now. Um, mm. He's got a, a ridiculously good squad for that for Wolves. He really has. Um, mm. uh, if, if Harry's listening, as a Borough fan, I'd love to hear what he has to say about Adama Traore when he left Borough or when mm. he was at Borough and um, how he thinks he's done at Wolves because the, the, the guy is completely different. I watched him against Millwall the, the year Millwall got almost to the playoffs. Yeah. We, lost, we lost 2-0 that day or 2-1 that day. Um, Traore had his pace but he had nothing else. That was, that was all Traore did at Middlesbrough. And that's why Barcelona got rid of him, because all he had was pace. He had nothing else. He had no final product. He's mm. gone to Wolves, and all of a sudden, he's got pace, but he's got a cracking final product. Mm. And he'll, he'll get you goals. I mean, it showed the, the, the cross for Jimenez on Saturday. It's, a, it's an inch-perfect ball. Every centre-forward would want a cross like that every given day. And it's the same for, for Doherty's uh, cross for Neto at the back post. And it was a cracking one. Absolutely amazing one. I, I really, I can't speak highly enough of how Wolves have done, how well Wolves have done. Yeah, you can look at the transfer policy and say it's a bit argumentative, but 
bringing all those players in when they were in the championship, but mm. it gave them that season to gel. And I don't think um, Spiritus Santos had to make many changes apart from bringing in Traore, uh, Jimenez, Johnny and Rui Patricio. Mm. I think that's it. The yeah. rest have been there since they were in the championship. So I think Wolves are a cracking side. I think West Ham, I'm not saying this because I'm a Mill fan, I think West Ham are in deep trouble. I really, really do. They don't look good. Um, they seem a, a team of individuals. Um, I think Antonio is the only one that sort of works his socks off uh, mm. in every, every game that I see. Noble is Mr. West Ham. Um, I, I think he's I think he's a good Premier League player. Um, but that West Ham squad is just a shamble. It really is. Really, really. I mean I um, can't I can't disagree here. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was expecting something along those lines. No, I can't disagree, um, mate. I mean everything you've said, I mean West uh, Wolves. I'm gonna quickly go on then. Fantastic, mate. I, I reckon a couple more additions, mate. I, I think they could be up there fighting for top four. I, I don't know where the additions need. I need. I really don't. Maybe, maybe someone to replace Moutinho. Mm. He's getting on a little bit. Um, maybe, maybe another striker just just to pop a little few more goals in. Someone who can score. You. I know uh, Raul's got a fair few. But well, Raul's the top goal scorer. He's, yeah. he's broken yeah. the Premier League goal scoring record for Wolves yeah. in the last two consecutive seasons. Yeah, I'll just I, I think, need someone with him. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that either. Um, I think Yotta does a good job. Mm. Um, I think maybe, maybe mm. they need someone with Cody and Bolly as centre half. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, the place that they need. I, I really do. I think Sice has done a great job. He's, he's, a, he's a central midfielder mm. that they've pushed as a centre back. Yeah, but you, you just think if they had, if they had someone like Harry Maguire or John Stones mm. or, or something like that, I, I think Wolves would be a better side. Really I have good. one worry about Wolves. One what? worry. That's all I have, and I'm sure some Wolves fans will agree. Is because how well the manager has done, and I rate him highly, what yeah. he has done with that club. If, now this is an if, if a big club sacks a manager, so let's mm. say, I don't know, hindsight, Spurs sack Mourinho, yeah. I feel with the job he's done, it'll be probably one of the first names on every chairman's list to bring yeah. in. So if he leaves well, Wolves, is there another manager what can produce what he's producing at Wolves? Uh, oh, um, probably just, not. No, no, I don't think they have. I think they've just got to worry a bit. I mean, if I was their chairman now, I'd be trying to tie him up for another five-year well, deal, mate. That, that's, that was the next thing. I mean, if you're, if you're Wolves chairman, are you making sure that your first priority this off-season is extending Espirito Santo's contract? you got to. you got to. I mean, if that means bumping his wages up to some of what they can't really do normally, do it. If that means you can't bring a player in, do it. Like you said, you don't really need additions in that squad because they're playing so well. So I'd happily pay the extra to keep him on board as a gaffer because you know how quick gaffers do leave a job when they're doing well to go to a bigger club. You know, sometimes it don't work out where Nunu goes somewhere else 
and you think, geez, he ain't done very well. No. You know, it proves that with Marco Silva. When he was doing, like you said, mm. Watford, he done great. Went yeah. to Everton because he thought it was a bigger club and didn't really cut it at Everton. Yeah. So I think you just, yeah, just tie him up, even if it's a three or four year deal, get him on board. But you can't say a bad word about Wolves. Do you see West Ham going down? Yes. 100%. I mean, do who, I like... who do you see? If West Ham were to go down, yeah. out of those yeah. players who are staying at West Ham next season? I think most of them, mate, because I don't think anyone else would want them. I mean, no. the only ones I think who probably would leave is I'd probably say Antonio would go. Um, and I Luke think. Anderson? Um, possibly, yeah. Yeah. Um, Fabianski. Fabianski, I think, would go. Because mm. he's a class keeper. Probably at Man United. <laughs> he could do, yeah. He, the, the gay could probably do all right in the championship. Most United but... fans just sending the torrent of abuse on our email. <laughs> um, talking of that, if you'd like to send us an email of your displeasure of what Mr. Green has said in any of the comments <laughs> made in this podcast, it, the email address is after extra time 2020 at gmail.com. And just head the subject, Greedy's wrong with the answer. <laughs> and you can also tweet us as well at Extra Time. <laughs> <laughs> we know, we know how, how nice and friendly Twitter is, don't we? <laughs> but, so going on to West Ham quickly, yeah, before, we move, before we move on, is yeah. they're going down, simple as that. I mean, yeah. they didn't even look good, did they? No. They didn't no, show nothing, they, did they? They didn't. I've watched. Um, I've tried to watch as much of the football as I can um, mm. because I have missed it so much. Mm. But I watched the highlights of the Wolves game, and yeah, all right, match of the day will condense it to however long it is. But there mm. were no highlights of West Ham. But there was there was one Antonio effort. Tell a lie. There was one Antonio effort, which makes me think he'd probably stay at West Ham to try and get him back mm. in the Premier League. But there was. There was nothing. It was simply... I just simply thought Wolves had that game under control. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think even West Ham fans will agree that it's not great football at the minute, even with Moisey. No. I just... I don't know. I, I, There's I, not a lot I can I, say I, about I, it. As, as I said before, and I... You know, I just, Millwall and West Ham will always have that rivalry. I think moving to the Olympic Stadium was the biggest mistake that West Ham have done mm. um, I think the atmosphere at the Berlin ground is is, is, is an amazing place to play football um, and the Millwall West Ham atmospheres have been phenomenal whenever I've seen them um, yes. I just think it was a massive mistake for them to go there I really really do really. um, I think it's just it's been a detriment to the club and that fan base since it happened um, I don't think Golden Sullivan have um, covered themselves in glory since being at West Ham. No, um, I, I think they. Do you think it would have been better for West Ham not to have moved stadiums and, and invested that money what they spent it onto players instead? Yeah, yeah, I do definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I think West Ham would probably. Uh, well, I'd like to think some West Ham fans would agree with that because it would mean mm. that they probably have a better situation than they are in there. Yeah. I mean, when's the, when's the uh, last time you've seen West Ham look like, wow, they look a good side? So I think the um, last time I remember, mate, is when Payet were there and it was uh, yeah. Slavan Bilic in charge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah. that's a fair few time ago. 
Yeah, it was a bit, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think West Ham is struggling. Mm. Um, as I said before, the, the Millwall part of me would love to see them get relegated. I'd love to see them with them next year. I really would. Um, uh, but it's interesting because of the Brighton result, mm. it has just put the attention now on West Ham, Norwich, Bournemouth, Villa. Um, and Watford. Um, I, think, grass, I think Watford is safe. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're one point ahead of Bournemouth and West Ham. Mm. I, I don't think they're safe by any stretch. Mm. I, I think they, they've got the advantage at the minute. Mm. But um, as we've seen many, many times, it changes. The only reason I think they're safe is because um, Pearson's been at the bottom of the prem, mate, and knows how to get out of it. Mm. Well, let's 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 cover that. Uh, the way I want to sort of discuss it is our our two teams. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about United, Chelsea, and yeah, everything else. How did you make um, Watford's result against Leicester? Yeah, mate. Fair play to Watford, mate. Had a game plan and it worked. Simple as that. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think Leicester even deserved the point. That's coming from a fox. Um, yeah, yeah. I think we got lucky. Yeah, we scored the goal. I think I picked up on it early. 90th minute, you should happily sink part the bus and get your three points mm-hmm. and get out of there. But obviously, like you said, Watford piled the pressure back on. 93rd minute equaliser. So, uh, but I always knew it was going to be a toughie because I thought, obviously, Pearson being an old manager at Leicester, Brendan being an old manager at Watford. So, yeah. <laughs> they both had points to prove. So, I always yeah, knew it was an iffy game, but I always knew Leicester liked to play with the fans. Vardy likes to play with yeah. the fans. And I thought, they haven't got that. So, it's going to... And Watford probably, you know, they're probably more focused now on what they would have been with fans. Yeah. You know? And uh, so, yeah, fair play to Watford. Forgetting the point, but I think, like I said, I think they'll be safe. Yeah, I was going to say you 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 sound pretty confident that they'll stay up this season. Yeah, I mean the only thing what I was disappointed about was we needed the three points because now Chelsea have pulled the gap well, yeah. just three. Chelsea, Chelsea result of a Villa wouldn't have helped, would it? Mm. So I was like, yeah, I was hoping a Villa win there or a draw would have been nice, but didn't yeah. get it. But we've got Chelsea coming up soon in the FA Cup, so that gives a little insight yeah. of. Uh, Oddly oh, yeah. enough, that's yeah. one of the uh, selected fixtures that I've got for us this week to predict about. Um, right. So, Harry, mm-hmm. if you're listening, mate, you've got your, your fixtures coming up, so you can send your predictions in. Yeah, um, definitely. It came close, didn't he, uh, last week? He, he didn't do too bad, to be fair. He had Man City beating Arsenal 4-0. Um, he had... Mm-hmm. Um, just quickly, while I'm... Mm-hmm. Together with the predictions. I would say Mill will play Derby on on Saturday. Yeah. Um, Down at the den. Yeah, it's it's not the den. Mm. It's not the den when the fans aren't there. Yeah. Um, uh, they really aren't. Um, I think Sibley was outstanding. Yeah. Um, he really was. He saw Mill a new one. And I'll totally admit, if a play has been good enough to, mm. to tear us a new one. Um, did you expect that scoreline at the start of the game or did you feel quite confident? No, I didn't. I, I, well, I wasn't overly confident. I thought maybe a 1-0, 2-1. Mm. Um, I did feel we were going to get a goal. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was going to be an odd goal finish. Um, I did not expect us to, to play like that. Um, the first two goals that Sibley scored were just 
stunning goal. Mm. Worthy of Premier League. Um, you know, you see that his first goal, he's taking it through three players, hit it with his left foot into the top corner. Messi, Messi does that in, in La Liga. Everyone's talking about it for years. Yeah. Um, he's, the, the kid's played three times since uh, this year. Started twice and he scored four goals. Um, mm. it's, it's a cracking start for a youngster. And I think it's, it's good that managed to use in the youngsters. Yeah. Um, because of obviously the amount of clubs now that you can use and the amount of games that are coming up quickly, I think it's re- I'm really happy to see managers use their, their youth players. Mm. I've, I've always wanted to see youth players come through their teams and, and play well. Um, Millwall have always done it. Um, so, yeah, so it was good to see. But we will next Saturday. Um, that's a good game, especially as Preston dropped points yeah. and it sort of bunched everyone up at the top of the championship. Um, so, yeah, so not the result I'd like. Um, home games are going to be pretty poor for us. I think our form is going to swap. I think our away form is going to be really good. Mm. And our home form, I think, is going to be quite poor. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll be looking forward to seeing it. Then fans can go back to Do you reckon um, if the fans was there, do you reckon it would have been a different ball game? Yeah, I do. I really, really do. Mm. Um, you, you've, you've been to the Den. Yeah. You know what the atmosphere can be like yeah. at Millwall when Millwall when Millwall fans are behind their team. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's not a nice. Place it's a to daunting go. place to go, isn't it? It is. But saying that, it can also help the, the away away team if Millwall fans are, are not behind their team. Yeah, and that's that's why sort of certain clubs have gone to Millwall and sort of frustrated mm. the the game. Because the, the the Millwall fans are easily able to get on the back of their players, and that's when the away team sort of seems to step up. Yeah, um, I've seen it countless times through the years. Um, so I think I think home attendances, uh, home games are going to be really tough in Millwall this year. I think as much as they're going to try and put pump the stadium full of noise, it's not the same. No, it's not the same. Like Seventeen thousand Millwall fans singing no one like. Do you reckon that game, Jacko, um, has dented your hopes of playoffs? I think if we don't get a win in the next couple, mm. I think we're going to be struggling. Mm. Um, but then again, I'm sort of sat here thinking, as much as I'd love the playoff, mm. I'd take finishing eight after last season. Yeah. I think if we give Rowett the summer that he needs to bring in his, or to stamp his mark mm. on uh, on this squad, um, I really do think we'll be a better side. Um, you know, the way he's got, He's got some of the players playing. Mm. It's just been phenomenal. I mean, what do you um, make of obviously you know, seeing Neil Harris doing well at Cardiff? I know they won against Leeds. Does that put uh, a bit of a downer on you? Thinking if we kept Harris, maybe no, no. And you asked me this last week. Mm. I, I don't. Harris is not a bad manager. Mm. He's not mm. a bad manager. He can't be doing the job at Cardiff and doing the job he did at Millwall mm. if he's a bad manager. No. Yeah, back to back playoff finals. Win one, one, lost one. Mm. Went on a seventeen match unbeaten run. Yeah, and got us within six points of the Premier League. Mm. Has got us to the FA Cup quarterfinals and the sixth round or the fifth round mm. in three of the last four years. Yeah, we've beaten Leicester at home, Watford at home, Bournemouth at home. We took Brighton to penalties. Mm. This is all under Neil Harris. The guy, the guy knew the club. The guy knows how knows he he wanted to play the, the way. 
mm. he saw Mill as always being. The problem is, in the Championship, it's not that way anymore. That is outdated. It is a lot more about football. And that's what's been good about seeing Rowett's yeah. team. Yeah. It's been a massive contrast to how they play football. And Rowett's got Millwall playing football and getting the best out of those players. I think Harris was trying to, and Wallace was always going to be his number one player to, to get performances out of. Yeah. But the other players, I don't think, have the right. Harris, the way Harris's style of football was, was detrimental to the players that he bought. So, if, uh, if I was going to say, if Millwall don't make it in the playoffs, will you be a little uh, Cardiff City fan lying about, will you? <laughs> I'd love to see Harris do well. Yeah. I'd love to see yeah. Harris do well. Um, you know, Millwall have always seemed to have a bit of rivalry with Cardiff. Mm. Um, that's why I was quite excited to see the potential of a Millwall Cardiff playoff final. Mm. Um, I'd just love to see Harris do well. He, he is, without doubt, my idol. You know, I, I've watched Millwall since late, mid to late 90s. Mm. Uh, I remember we brought him in from Cambridge City for 30 grand. He was the best goal scorer in League One as it was in 2000, 2001. Yeah. The guy, wow. the guy came back from cancer and scored one of the best goals I've ever seen live for Millwall mm. on New Year's mm. Day at Watford. Um, he scored a cracking goal against Tranmere in the FA Cup. He's got us. He's our record goal scorer. He is Millwall to me, and mm. I will always love to watch him at Millwall. Mm. But the fact that he's doing well as a manager, it, it does bring a smile to my face because I do think he is a good manager. And he, his, he, he, at times, he hasn't been given the credit he deserves. No, no. I mean, I agree. I mean, where would you, if he, I mean, do you reckon Cardiff got high expectations as him as a gaffer or just... I, I think Cardiff have got expectations of going back to the Premier League. Mm. Whether or not they'll do it under Harris, I don't know. Mm. But they've got the squad. And this is the thing. This is what I said to you before. Mm. Millwall's squad is one of the smallest in the Championship. Yeah. I think barring Luton and Barnsley, they are the smallest squads in the... That, that, this is one of the smallest squads in the, in the Championship. Mm. We've never had the money to compete with the likes of West Brom, Leeds, Fulham, Forest, um, Swansea, Blackburn. We, we've not had that. Yeah. Yet we're up there or thereabouts. And Harris started that. Harris got us in that group. Mm. Yes, last season was a bit of a struggle because teams worked us out and it was difficult to watch at times. Mm. But he kept us up. We, we stayed up. He bought in players. He was excited for the season. It seemed to start off quite well. We got some good results early. It then st- uh, stagnated. Mm. Um, and Rowett's taken Harris's team and has pushed it to where it should be. Yeah. Or, or where it's, it, it's been unlikely to have been seen. Yeah. By, I, by a lot of things. I mean, what I want to um, quickly touch on before we move on is... Do you feel Aris brought something different when he was at Millwall compared to when Kenny Jackett were there? Or do you find it was similar sort of style of football? Because, I mean, Kenny Jackett no, did quite well with no, Millwall. Different. Yeah, it, well, it was a completely different style. Um, was it a better Jackett, style? Uh, no, because the the players that Jackett had yeah. had all but left. Yeah. So... Holloway had seen to that and mm. Lomas had seen to that and, and they you know, they sort of gutted the team and tried to rebuild their own sort of mark on it. Mm. Um 
And so Harris, yeah, the thing about Harris was he'd come through the under-23s. He'd worked with a lot of the youngsters that have been playing. Mm. The likes of Aidan O'Brien, the likes of Ben Thompson, Marlon Romeo. Um, you know, he'd worked with them and, and, and thought of how they could play. Yeah. And it was a change of style. It wasn't the prettiest at times. I, I've had mates messaging me going, this Millwall game's complete tosh. Mm. What the hell is I was doing? But it was effective at times. Yeah. You know, when, when you're sort of playing League One football, it's going to be gritty, sort of scrappy. It's not going to be as pleasing on the eye as some of the championship games or definitely the Premier League or, or mm. the top league of the year. Mm. Um, but he, he, got, he got the job done. Yeah, and we were happy that we got the job done. I was happy that we got the job done, and so he did it in the championship that first season. Mm. You know, and you thought, well, this could be because for the last sort of three, three or four years, John Berrelson, our chairman, and and Steve Kavanagh, our CEO, mm. they're they're talking about the Premier League as if we're going up in the next two or three years. They're they're wanting to, they're wanting to upgrade the stadium. They're renovating the area around the ground. They are pushing to get Millwall to the Premier League, and this is what they were doing in the early nineties. After we we were in the, the the old first division, Millwall spent sort of three or four years trying to push back up into the Premier League, but spent too much money on useless players, and it backfired. And we almost went into administration. We got relegated, and we then became a club that would mainly play in League One and have a couple of seasons in the Championship. Mm. Now we've become a club that if we go into League One, it's a negative effect on us. We are... We, we Millwall fans do see ourselves as a Championship club. Whether it's near the bottom or mid-table and occasionally have a season like we have done this season or the first season, but we see ourselves as a Championship club. And Kavanagh and Berylson have... Um, mended everything that was happened before and are now saying, right, we've cleared everything out that we need to clear. We want to focus on going into the Premier League and we want to push that. Um, so, you know, I, I think given a bit of time and we managed to keep hold of the likes of Jed Wallace and, and Gary Rower and, and Jake Cooper, um, I, I think we could look at a, a couple of playoff wins in the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean, do you feel... Um... Do you feel Harris might come in and nick a few of your old players? No, no. Um, Jed Wallace, Jake Cooper are probably the two. Um, But the rest of the Cardiff squad is is good enough on its own. Um, I think, apart from West Brom, Leeds, Fulham, Mm. I can't see... uh, They're the three clubs that I couldn't see going for any Millwall players. I think the likes of Cooper and the likes of Wallace could get into pretty much every every other team in the championship. Yeah. Without that, I really do. I think those two have been outstanding. Um, ben Thompson, if he's fit, is one of the most hard-working midfielders I've seen at Mill for a long, long time. Um, since uh, Jimmy Abdu. Um, so... Yeah, I, I don't I don't see a lot of teams coming in for, for our players. Mm. Maybe if a couple of teams go down, they've got the money and the parachute payments to do it, but I can't. Yeah, fair enough. Right, let's move on. 
Yeah, so uh, championship football. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we started off in the all. Um, a few surprising results this weekend, but then a few not surprising results. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just go quickly through them. Yeah. So I am slightly aware of time. Um, the big one was, was Cardiff beating Leeds. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't see that coming, to be fair. Mm. I did not expect uh, Cardiff to, to come away with that one. Um, Brentford away to Fulham. I, I think I called that. I'll quite happily say I called that. Mm. Um, uh, Blackburn beat Bristol City, which again is another big result for the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Swansea beat Middlesbrough three 0 Sorry, Harry. Um, <laughs> so, um, Wigan beat Huddersfield two uh, nil. Charlton beat Hull one nil. Preston drew with Luton. Barnsley beat QPR, which is a big result for Barnsley. Yeah. Away, um, did not see that one happening. Uh, Reading and Stoke drew one all. Uh, Forest were two minutes away from beating Sheffield Wednesday, but then um, Connor Wickham popped up with a late late equaliser, and then West Brom getting a point at home to Birmingham, yeah. which surprised me a lot as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a few surprising results in the championship this weekend. Um, it does open it up a little bit because we've we've got a, a big game. Brentford play West Brom. On Friday night, nice. which I think is a cracking game yeah. in the Championship, and Leeds play Fulham Ooh. on the Saturday. Um, so they're they're big big games. If if Brentford manage to get a result against West Brom and Fulham get a result against Leeds, that puts um, all four teams within a shout of going up automatically. Yeah, it's wide open. I don't think it would have been done. I, I honestly thought Leeds and West Brom would have won their games this weekend, and I think that would have put them out of sight. But the the points uh, the point for West Brom with defeat to Leeds, I think, mm. closed up that gap. Um, obviously, Mill will play Barnsley away. Um, Barnsley will be really chuffed with their result. Um, they're only four points off the relegation or getting out of the relegation zone, so it's a big game for them as well. Um, Hull, Middlesbrough, Huddersfield, and Charlton, and to be fair, Stoke and Wigan. Mm. Um, all within the shout are going down. Yeah. Um, there's only three points separating Wigan in 17th and Hull in 22nd. Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's yeah. going to be a massive, um, massive game of musical chairs, I think, is the best way I can put that. Because I think over the next few weeks, that they're going to chop and change. Yeah. I really do. Uh, just quickly again, um, playoffs. We've got League 2 playoffs tonight. Yeah. Second leg. Yeah. Obviously, um, Cheltenham took a 2-0 lead from the, the first leg. You saw a bit of that game. I did, mate, yeah. What did you think of, of, of that? Was it good to see um, League 2 football? Yeah, it was quite nice, actually. Um, I mean, you don't expect much, do you? Uh, no. In that sort of standard, I mean. But it's it was end-to-end. I mean, that's the games I like. Yeah, yeah. It was end-to-end. So, uh, and I yeah. think it'll be better, obviously, once we get the final. I think it'll feel a bit more mm. bit more real, won't it? What what are you calling for that? Oh, what, what are you thinking? Well, I've got. I mean, I did want to see Northampton up there, but now I've changed my mind because uh, Luke Varney, so another one who I've interviewed, plays for yeah. um, Cheltenham. So I want Cheltenham to win it, and I want them to go. Oh, interview player. <laughs> um, what about Exeter to Colchester? What are you thinking? Um, Colchester, no. Oh. A one 0 lead going into the um, the away leg. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you'd fancy Colchester, wouldn't you? 
But mm, I'd like to see it. You don't know with playoffs, do you? No, not really. If I had to go for a team, I'd probably say Colchester. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I know. I know it's a bit. Yeah. I know it's a bit sort of low down for you to discuss seeing as you're in the Premier League. Yes. So. Uh, yeah. Sorry, it's people. Not nice <laughs> to hear your opinion. Not <laughs> nice to hear your opinion on lower league football. <laughs> oh, it's very high. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So. Um, I'm just having a look. So I've uh, tried to be as, as professional as possible today with my my things to discuss. Yeah. Um, we'll quickly go. So again, I am worried at the time. Um, select fixtures for predictions this week. Yeah. Um, Man City Burnley. Man City win. Man City Burnley. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't. I think. Um, I can't see. Man City losing that. No. Burnley's um, no. first game, I think Man City looked, apart from De Bruyne looking a bit iffy on Wednesday night, mm. occasionally, uh, I think Man City are pretty much there. It'll be quite interesting to see how they set up now with Garcia out mm. after his collision with Edison on Wednesday. Um, your boys against Chelsea in the FA Cup. Yeah, easy, easy game, Leicester win. Oh, so Leicester you think win. Chelsea as well then, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Ask me on another day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. I, I'd probably go with Chelsea. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not taking it to make honest. I just think. I don't know. I just think Chelsea have got a good chance of winning the FA Cup this year. Um, I think they looked okay against Villa. I think after Leicester's performance on uh, Saturday against Watford, I, I don't know. I think they might be it's still a little bit sluggish, but. Um, yeah, we'll have to see about that. Yeah. Um, Man United versus Sheffield United, the battle for the Europa League spot. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to edge towards Sheffield United. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah. Again, I'm going back to this De Gea problem, Jacko. I mean, yeah. if he's in goal, mate, it's an easy Sheffield United win. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, you can send your tweets in. You can send your emails in. Yeah. But I'm I think sticking, people are already. I'm sticking by it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'd have to go Man United. Mm. Um, I do. I, I think um, they looked all right against uh, Spurs. I think it was a good game. I, I'd like to see more of Pogba and Fernandes in the middle. I think that could be quite good. Mm. I thought Martial Rashford looked okay. Um, so yeah, I, I just think I, I think Manchester United will win that. I think losing Egan was a bit of a blow for Sheffield United. Mm. Um, I think he's been sort of ever present as part of their back three this year. Um I just yeah. I, I, I if they've got a goalkeeper they'll be fine. I'll, I'll be surprised if Sheffield United get a result. I really will. I really will we will see. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, so that's pretty much it for the games this week. Um that's nice. I mean, some good games there for people to pick up on. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, so, yeah, so thank you very much for listening this week. Sorry, it's been a bit longer than uh, than uh, expected. I think it's been good to get uh, opinions about how the games have gone this week as it's the initial week back for, uh, for everybody. Um, I'd like to thank Mr Green. Thanks very much. For his ever inconsistent opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I'm, I'm hoping that some of them will blow back in your face by the end of the week. Hashtag disagree on Twitter, please. Hashtag disagree. There we go. We're going to start trending that now, are we? <laughs> uh, just finally, uh, again, thank you to everyone that's listened. You can find us mainly on Spotify um, and Google Podcasts and Pocket Cast. Yeah. Uh, also, Anchor, if you have that as well. By all means, send us in any comments, constructive criticism, any feedback, what you've liked, what you've disliked. If you felt Greenies rambled about how shit the hay has been or whatever, <laughs> you can send that in. By all means, the email again is after extra time at uh, sorry after extra time twenty twenty at gmail.com and that's XTRA. Um, we're on Twitter now after extra time. Oh, at extra after extra time is that correct? Correct. Yeah. And also uh, shortly on Facebook, um, I have been Alex. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, although I don't do it a lot, um, I am at AJ Wallace. Um, Mr. Green, are you on Twitter? I am indeed. If you do, what is your Twitter follow? If people want to send you direct, if people want to go to me direct on uh, Instagram, just follow me at uh, Greeny underscore ninety one. There we go. Okay, so yes, thank you everyone that's listened. We look forward to hearing from you, and we shall see you again next week. Or hear well, you will hear us again next week. That's correct. I mean, thanks again. Yes. Cheers. Okay then. Cheers. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.